Happy New Year from Adam and myself and our kids. If I haven't seen you already, we can still say that in January, but uh, I'm so excited to bring the Word this morning. I love a good January preach. I think uh, the room feels different. It's a little more expectant as people are ready for a Word. Give me a Word to launch and catapult me into the year. And uh, the theme that we are sitting in right now is called Pursuit, a great action word and a couple of messages over the last weeks. I'm just loving, I'm a driven kind of woman, tell me what I need to do, let me add it. And so 2022 is here, church. It is here for the opening and ready to go. And our Pursuit is exciting because it is movement, it is goals, it is forward. And I'm stoked to preach on this today. Let me ask you a question to start. What are we in pursuit of? Simple answer, Jesus Christ. We are in pursuit to be in love with Him, followers of Jesus Christ, to know Him, to love Him, to serve Him, to grow in Him and grow from Him, amen. And what we need to be in pursuit of is Him and all He has for us. He has things beyond our wildest dreams. I have some huge dreams. I don't know about you, but I know that if I can think of the biggest thing I'd love to happen, it's beyond even that. Beyond our wildest dreams, He has a plan and a purpose and a hope for your future. We know that. We know that He is faithful. We don't always know how we're gonna get there. We don't know how He's gonna maybe work it all for good, but we know that He is generous and faithful and He does stick to His promises. The Scripture, draw near to God and I will draw near to you, is a great reflection, really encapsulates exactly who, who He is and what I think of Him. I see Him as that God who says, come near to me and I'll come near to you. It's that beautiful exchange of here I am, come near and draw closer to Him. And if we can lean in and open our heart, He has something ready for us. You know, I'm a pastor's kid. I've been raised in the church and uh, I feel like I've heard, I feel like sometimes like possibly, surely I've heard it all. But every time I open the Word, every time I sit here on a Sunday, there is something new that the Holy Ghost shows me. If you're ready to hear it, if you're ready to receive it. And so this morning, as we come into this message, I encourage you, let Him show you something new in the Scriptures today. He desires you to draw near, to reach out in pursuit, reach out, step up and lean in. But what I have learned is that it's a critical requirement in reaching out for something new is letting go of something old. Let's look at the Scripture together. Actually, I wanna tell you a story first. In in regards to reaching out or or letting go of something old, my husband, he made this deal with me a couple of years ago. It's a good example before we read together. And uh, he said to me, okay, Joey, I know you like clothes and fashion, but the wardrobe is getting full. I wanna make a deal with you. Would you uh, consider, he didn't uh, order me because he's lovely like that. He said, would you consider Every time you are to buy something new, would you exchange it for uh, three things from your wardrobe that are now old and give them away or get rid of them or pass them on? That is the exchange that I'm asking. I'm like, okay, that is steep. Maybe like two things for one thing. I don't know. But what he didn't think through was the fact that uh, at Christmas, when I had some time to myself, I could easily gather three bags together over this last season of things that I am about to donate 
And so now Adam is in debt to me of a few fine things. Let's read this scripture together, Isaiah 43. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It says, remember not, which means to forget. Forget the former things, meaning maybe your past, everything behind you, letting go of your past, forget about it. That's what it's asking. And so I wanna camp right here around this passage today. Let me ask you this. What are you not forgetting? What are you not forgiving, not letting go of, that perhaps is stalling your pursuit and hindering yourself from receiving all that God has for you? Have a think for a second. What have you not let go of. The title of my message this morning is this, Forgive and Forget. We all have a past, we have a story, we have history. And I believe your past has two components. It is one maybe that you have, what you have done to yourself, and then there is things that have happened to you. We all have these stories, but what differs us from each other is this, our responses to our stories is what makes the story in our past or still here in our present? Is it past or is it present? There are good things and there are bad things that have happened to us and each of us and it definitely makes us who we are right now. It's a build up of things. But how we process our stories is vitally important to today, to our present and our future to come. And in the passage we have just read, God is telling us that He wants to give us something new. But the clincher is that He is saying, I need you to give something old first. He is asking us to forget. He is saying, stop even considering, which means the thoughts, the stuff that we are turning and churning and churning on. Stop even considering it and lay down the old. You know, the, one of the cleverest things I think God ever designed was seasons and time. It's just smart. Imagine if everything ran in together. Imagine if there was no start and no end, no months, no years, it just was all a blur. No winter or spring or summer. We have seasons, there are good seasons and bad seasons, good years, bad years. And notice season is designed to last forever. Otherwise it wouldn't be a season. God desires us, I reckon, to get on board with this because sometimes we just carry stuff like it's forever. But He has designed time and seasons so that it's that. There are starts and there are ends. Ecclesiastes 3, verse one, let's read that. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. The last two years of COVID perhaps, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away. 
There are things that we are holding on too long over many seasons that we need to throw away. The message version says a right time to hold on and another to let it go. God is saying these old things that you're holding on, your season is up and it's time to let go. If you feel that in your spirit today, that's for you. Your season is up and it's time to let go. And I know when you reflection, some of you are sitting there thinking, ah, that is hard. Yes, I know. And I'm not making light of this. It is hard to let go of some things, especially things that bring pain in your memory. But God has not designed us to camp here, considering the former day after day. There is time for mourning, but there is time for dancing, church. There is time for weeping, but there is time for laughing. He wants to heal you. He wants to bring something new if you would let go. He wants to heal you. Healing doesn't mean the damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls your life. It no longer has that grip on you which leads you to turn left or right or have a filter to look through. It's not that it didn't happen, it's that it does not control your life. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, the Scripture says. Another version says there is an opportune time to do things and a right time for everything on earth. That says to me that God has a purpose for every season that we walk in in, but for it to have purpose, it needs to be just for a season. It needs to be just that, a start, an end, a journey, a beginning, a finish. Too often we put anchors down because we go, that is just one that I cannot let go of. I can can do everything else, but this one guy, I'm not ready to stop considering it. If you only knew, Joey, what happened to me, you wouldn't ask me to forgive this one. It's too much, it's too hurtful, and I can't let go. That's okay. That's okay. But you're gonna stay there. And as long as you're holding on to that hurt, it's gonna continue to hurt you. 1 Peter 5, it says this, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may lift you up in due time. He has a time that you surrender, that you come to Him and you go, okay, I cannot carry this anymore. In due time, He says, I will come and lift you up because He cares, amen? There is time and then it's now. What filter are you prepared to look through for 2022? What filter? Because God is offering you transformation. He is offering you healing power that in a moment in His presence, He can take any past afflictions that are past, that are really clouding your perception of today. I wanna invite Pastor Reuben up. He's gonna play a game with me, <laughs> sort of. I wanna show you an example of holding on to things in your life. 
Reeves, chuck me. Chuck me one, don't embarrass me. Adam said I couldn't do it, but I can. Here we go, he's the big bad boy. He's the first one. So maybe earlier in your life, you have had something maybe serious happen or there was a major offence, maybe it was pain in your childhood, maybe it was little, maybe it was small, but we have one here. And it's made its way into who you are and how you walk and what you hold and how you hold yourself and what you speak. And it starts with one guy. And then while you're recovering for this one guy, maybe it's only a week old, maybe something only happened last week and you're thinking of that right now. While you're recovering from that one, another one comes and just piles on top. So now I have a second thing that's trying to take me out. I mean, I can still walk fine. It's just a bit awkward, a bit spiky, but (laughs) I'm managing fine. And then then while I'm trying to like cover that and hold on to that, another one comes in. I mean, it's getting awkward now, but I'm kind of getting used to holding pain and offence and I can still sort of walk. And more just keep loading on and and, and maybe I'm in my 50s now and and I've got 50 years of stuff that is gathering or maybe I'm in my 20s, but I've learned how to get offended real quick. This one, um, this one looks like COVID. (laughs) Which I think we're all somewhat distracted by and holding on to. And I, I mean, I can still walk fine. I can, still, um, I can still serve in team, I'm fine. Ask me if I'm good, I'm all good. I can walk, I can smile, I can lead. I mean, there's some like awkward things. Okay, Ruben, just give me another one because I can do one more. I only did five in the first service. All right, oh, mate. Can everyone tell Adam I did it? So, I'm getting good at this, I'm functioning. But I wouldn't say I'm, I'm functioning well because my hands are full. I would say that I'm quite dysfunctional and I think that it's just very easy for things to start leaking out, thanks Ruben, of my life now. And I think there are people around me, you know, that are noticing it and they've pointed out, hey, hey, you've got some serious stuff there. Like, no, I don't, I'm all good. There is stuff on your chest, get it off. There is stuff on your shoulders that has created that place of offence for you and you, and re, you react and, and, um, and there's one more. Oh, Mike, would you mind passing that to me? Thanks, Mike. You're a great friend, just pass it up. Yep, perfect. Mike's a great friend because he helps um, me hold things. He, um, he's that friend in my life that when I tell him a story about my, my boss, he says, yeah, he's an idiot. You know, when that job at Macca's, he was an idiot, that boss. And, um, and that person who ticked you off last week, they don't deserve your forgiveness. You wait for them to say sorry first. Mike's got my back. Just jokes, not Mike, promise. Be careful of who is around you right now who they think are helping you, but in fact are enabling you to carry things way too long. And they're allowing you to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. Oh my gosh, I've changed my page. (laughs) Be very careful who you're surrounding yourself with. Allow the space for people to come in and say, hey, that, that COVID ball, stop talking about it. Look to Jesus, take your eyes off COVID. Come on, look to Jesus, allow freedom to come to your life. Let's read this Ephesian scripture about talking. It says, do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. 
Remember, he has identified to you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as types of evil behaviour. And instead, be kind. Be kind right now to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Can I make a suggestion? Stop talking about your past, your pain, your issues, unless you can talk about them without bitterness, rage and anger. And if you can't, can I suggest you get help? Talk to somebody, a counsellor, a pastor, a mentor, a psychologist, whatever it takes to get help. Get to the bottom of your past so that you can wear leave it in the past. Let it go. Because carrying around this stuff is dysfunctional. How can I receive when my hands are full of the old? How can I take the new when my hands are full of the old? I wanna walk in freedom, amen? Does our past really determine who we are? Think about that, does it? Does it really determine? Because the Bible does not teach that. It teaches the opposite of that. The most important question is not where you came from. It's where you're going. Where are we going? Your past will influence you for good or for bad, but your past does not have to determine who you are and what you will become. Too many people and Christians consider this goal of becoming Christ-like so unachievable, or unattainable because of their history or their story or their past. They're so overwhelmed with that expectation, but I don't find the Scripture is condemning me for not being Christ-like. The Scripture encourages me just to pursue it. Just to pursue it. Let's look at Paul. If anyone has a past, it's this guy, a sinner, a murderer. He was redeemed and saved by God's grace. And I think he pens a beautiful and vulnerable scripture about himself in Philippians 3.12 in the Amplified Version. Let's read it together. Not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me His own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, all of us who are mature, pursuing spiritual perfection, should have this attitude. What a scripture. I'm gonna finish our sermon today with three keys from these four verses. And uh, it is what I really hope that you walk away with today, helping you to overcome past. Whether it's 20, 30 years ago, or we're talking two months, that's that thing that has a grip on you that you know that I need to let go of today. Let's look, number one is this, review. Paul starts that passage by reviewing himself. He's looking in the mirror and he's going, okay guys, I'm gonna start with this, I'm gonna be honest about it. I have not already obtained perfection. It says I am already, I'm still on my journey of getting there. He's still overcoming things from his past, whether it be before salvation or even now, it is a journey. He takes that review of his life and goes, okay, I just need to give you a heads up. I've not made it. We're all on the journey. I am not already been made perfect. 
The word perfect actually surprised me when I looked up. The Greek meaning for it means to carry through completely. Perfect means to finish. And I think that is exactly this. Paul understood that his life was a race. It was a journey and he was running running it to the best he could. And one of the ways that he could successfully win his race was to finish the race. In other words, the longer that I properly run this race, so run the race well, the longer I properly run this race, the further I get away from my past and the closer I get to the goal. The longer I run this race properly, so running it well, the further I get away from my past and the closer I get to the goal. It's so good. You know, this dealing with the past and things that have happened weeks or months ago, it is not a quick fix. I don't know anyone who wakes up and goes, oh, I dealt with that last night in my sleep. Now that, I don't know anyone like that. It is a journey and it, is, it takes you to a place of reviewing really what condition you're in. But there is a place where you come to the Lord and you bring that past. Maybe you're bringing a repentant heart, you're asking for forgiveness for some things maybe you have done. And we know that when we call upon the Lord and we ask Him for forgiveness, it's done. He forgives our sins, He forgives our past, we don't walk in shame or guilt anymore and it's done. However, I believe that the Lord still allows us to walk out the effects of some things that we have done and it takes some responsibility on our behalf. Let me give you an example. A man, he he has had too much to drink, He jumps behind the wheel of a car and uh, as he's driving, he runs the red light, he hits somebody else's car and unfortunately he's taken somebody else's life. Well, this man finds himself on his knees in repentance to the Lord. He comes and he he asks God for forgiveness and he says, please, please take away everything I'm done. I'm so ashamed And, and God just does it. It's done. In a spiritual context, he can be forgiven straight away, wiped clean as snow. However, this man still has to go to the court, the court of law, stand before the judge. And even if this man stands there and says, I'm so repentant, I mean, I've realised what I've done and I'll never do that again and I wanna turn away from that lifestyle, he'll say, great, good for you, but you're still going to jail. This man still has to deal with the actions or deal with the result of his actions. It's a reaping and a sowing principle. If you wanna overcome your past, the first thing you need to do is review yourself. Realistically look at where you are right now and understand that there are some things that you are just going to deal with. You need to look on head on and make a change. Once we review and take a look, check the condition of our heart, we can look at what lies ahead. What is next? But to do that, I believe we need to start then moving forward to replace those thoughts, the things that we once thought on too much. Point two, renew. The verse 13 that we read already, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. That first part, one thing I do, that was Paul's decision, something I need to do. The Scripture is for you. One thing I do, one thing you do, it's a step that we need to take. Overcoming your past will not accidentally happen. It has to be your decision. Forgetting means to neglect. Neglect those thoughts. I am not gonna stew on that anymore. 
the government is ticking me off, but I am not going to stew on that anymore. I cannot keep harping on about things that I know are destructive that I'm holding on to. I need to neglect it. I need to be ignorant of it to a point and move on. And I really think that there is just a really amazing biblical principle that He has given us to do this and it is the renewing of the mind. Romans 12, it says this, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Transformed, changed, a shift in your thoughts, a progression in your thoughts. You know, I read something by a educational psychologist and it was about the way that students think. And um, he said it was the biggest cause of students not remembering what they were last taught. And it's because in week one, they were taught chapter one, but then they were taught chapter two the, la- the second week. So they've now the introduction to chapter two has kind of overridden the memory of chapter one, meaning they've kind of forgotten chapter two. Well, that tells me that there is definitely a way that we can replace our thoughts, that thoughts can be shifted, adjusted, transformed and replaced. Your mind is the the battleground on which the war for your emotions, your purpose, your effectiveness and for fullness of life is won or lost. Do you believe that? It's your mind that is attacked daily by the enemy. But it's your mind that the Lord desires to renew daily in order for you to live in an abundant, amazing relationship with Him. So if the mind is the background, the battleground, how do you come out the winner? I think He has told us over and over again in Scripture, and it's that we be consistently renewing our mind. Romans, let me read you Romans again. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I read it it said like this, God puts conforming to the world and being transformed by the renewal of your mind in opposition. They oppose each other. Conforming to the world is here. Being transformed by the renewal of your mind is here and they are in opposition. So your mind is either being won for the kingdom or lost to the world. You're either thinking pleasing thoughts or you're not. You're either experiencing abundant life in Jesus or you are not. And those thoughts and history and past and the things that you did months or years or weeks ago can plague you if you do not make a choice to position yourself in the place of understanding His Word for your life. And that is, I believe, reading the Word of God, reading the Scriptures, putting yourself in the Bible. The Bible, is only as life-giving to you as you are willing to be transformed by it. So if you're opening your Bible and you're like, yeah, are you really opening up your spirit? When you approach the Word of God, are you opening up your heart and saying, I am ready to be transformed by what I see today? Would you jump out of the page and help renew and replace my thoughts, opening your mind? So how do we do it? Philippians 4, finally, brothers, whatever is true, honourable, whatever is just, what is pure, lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If you've had a rubbish year already, and I'm talking three weeks into January, and like, I just can't even think of one, I just feel so scrambled, my thoughts, the pain, it actually points out just 
find something worthy, even if it's the air in your lungs, praise Him. Allow those thoughts to be replaced with the goodness of God in your life. The negative thoughts and insecurities you face daily will flee from you when you bring in God's promises, His glorious light to break that darkness. And I wanna leave you with one more scripture on this point. And it's 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm giving you an example of saying, putting yourself in the Word and then having the practice of meditating on it and practice on it. 2 Corinthians, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. That is the scripture for you. And so you've opened your Word, you've found that. And then you say, okay, I wanna come into this action now and this practice of renewing my mind. I look at it and I put it on my mirror, on my dashboard, whatever it takes, and I confess over my life, I am in Christ, a new creation. My past has passed. Say it out loud. My past has passed and the new me in Christ has come. It's arrived. I am living in it today. And you need to say those declarations over and over and allow that meditation to come to set you up to renew your mind. Point three this morning is this, respond. That verse 14, it talks about pressing on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Our decision is pursuit, the great pursuit. I will respond now and choose to pursue Jesus and all He has for me. As I reach out, As I let go, I can receive God has for me because I am reaching out. I am in pursuit of everything God has for me. And maybe you're sitting here this morning thinking, Joey, I've been in services for 20 years and I I feel like my Christian is fine, I'm good. I have great faith. I I, I don't really get the pursuit part because I feel kind of good, you know, I read Bible every, every now and again. And you're like, I just don't get why I have to chase. (laughs) Like, what's the big deal with pursuing God that I need to keep running? The pursuit of God is not merely finding Him, but to seek Him on how to become Him. It's not just the finding. It's not just that moment of like, yeah, good, I'm, I'm good now. A pursuit is a constant thing we need to choose as Christians, that we'd pursue the Lord to know Him and become Him. The proper pursuit of God is a pursuit of righteousness, to give up our own ways for His ways. Faith is not merely a one-time decision, but an ongoing preference for Christ over all other values. The pursuit of Christ is the evidence of genuine faith you have in God, that you run out of Him, that you trust Him, that you put Him first in everything. Our salvation, is not a cage to just be secure in, but it's a catapult into the pursuit of holiness. When we get saved, we don't become passive and just lovely stable. It should be like a fire in our spirit where I hunger for more of You, Lord. What more have You got for me and my children? What do I need to let go of this morning so that when I reach and I pursue You, Lord, show me what to let go of so I can change and receive you. Christianity is not a one-time decision. It's a path, it's a journey to get more from Him, to be more of Him. Can we stand this morning?
says in Matthew, but seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things can be added to you. God wants to know that you seek Him, that you pursue Him, that you put Him first place in your life. And through that, He wants to pour out. He wants you to receive new. He wants to pour out abundant blessings. Proverbs 28 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. A faithful man shall abound in them, full and overflowing. 2022, it's here. We wanna pursue Jesus, we wanna reach out, we wanna let go and we wanna take the new for what He has for you. And when we seek Him, when we reach out, He never turns away. He never turns His back on you. Seek me and you will find me. There's a beautiful Scripture, listen, you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore you from captivity. He's just here, He's just waiting, He's beckoning you. This morning, I wanna pray for two groups of people because this is a message that can catapult us in such a healthy way into the year. Allow God to do something right now in your life. The first group of people, and if you just wanna close your eyes, you've just been sitting here and you've just been hearing this message and you're like, yeah, okay. Maybe I don't have five, big of those throwing balls and all those things that I'm carrying around. Maybe, maybe I've only got a few little ones, but I do need to address it. I do need to review it. I do need to look at my soul and my spirit and, and, and realise they have to go. Well, maybe you have some giant ones. Maybe you have some real unforgiveness and real pain. And maybe it's time. In fact, I'm telling you it's time because God does not desire us to hold pain. That is not His will for our life. And so right now, I'm gonna pray for you. And if that is you, just put your hand on your heart. God, show me the stuff I'm carrying. Reveal, reveal it to me. Help me review my status, the condition of my heart. That I don't go into this year holding things that no longer need to have a hold of me. And right now, Jesus, I give it to You. If I need to repent, I repent. If I need to say sorry, I'm gonna say sorry. But help me review my heart right now, Lord. And I wanna give it to You, Jesus. Give it to You, let it go. Let it go. Amen. Let it go this morning. Thank You, Jesus. And the second group of people I wanna pray. Maybe you're standing in this room and you've never ever actually said, hey Jesus, I want You to be in relationship with me. I want you to be Lord of my life. I wanna know you. I wanna, I wanna become your daughter or your son. Or maybe you have before, but you've walked away. This message is a beckoning for you. It is a message that presents you with gospel, which says you don't need to walk in shame or guilt. You don't need to walk in pain. But God is a God who heals and redeems and saves and delivers. And so right now, I'm gonna extend an invitation to you to receive the Lord once again, or maybe for the first time. So while every eye is closed, because this is a private decision for you, between you and Jesus. And I'm looking because I wanna know who I'm praying for and I wanna celebrate with you. But right now I'm about to ask you to lift your hand. Would you consider signifying that once again, I wanna come with you or for the first time, Jesus, You are my Lord. I want my sins to be wiped as white as snow. 
and forgive me for all I've done. If that's you right now, would you lift your hands? I see that hand. Come on, respond to Jesus. I see that hand. He will forgive you. I see that hand. He will forgive you. He wipes us clean as snow. No longer do we have to walk in that guilt and that shame. He says, come to me, draw near and I will draw near to you. See another hand at the back, another hand. Come on, heaven celebrates this morning. One more minute. You know it's you, you know you've got things you need to give Him. You need to give Him your life. Start by giving Him your life. Take the review. Any more hands? Father, I thank You for these ones that lifted their hands in that moment, Lord Jesus. I thank You, Lord, that that Scripture just says, come, come and I'm here. Come and I'm here to clean, clean and forgive and take away all pain and shame and that You would become a new creation, that the old is gone, the past is past. And so I thank You for these ones, Lord, as they step forward in 2022 in relationship with You, that they have now become Your sons and daughters, Lord. And the Scripture says, heaven celebrates as one comes home to their Father. And so we thank You, Lord. Come on, let's celebrate this morning for those salvation, Lord.